Morning, happy new year. Here we go. Now, before we go anywhere at all, Oh man, okay, I, I got to. I got you. I, no, 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 no. I'm just going. I'm going to put it here. Just a second. Table. No, 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 no. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. You know what I really, what I would have liked is is a cone out here to reserve a me a. Oh, oh. The, the, uh, there was no place for me. Did to you park. not get an emeritus cone? No, there's nothing. Sorry. So I'm parked illegally under the cover drive. <laughs> yeah, it may be. <laughs> Before we go anywhere. Congratulations to all my frog friends, huh? Woo, what a game, what a season, what a team. It ain't over. Now, I, I didn't know Lovell was going to be gone. Jason Lovell is our worship leader down at the trails, and he, he's a huge, he's in Georgia right now. He's a huge Georgia Bulldog fan. So don't, don't start booing in church, okay? <laughs> but week from tomorrow night, the battle of the frogs and the dogs, it's going to be a good time together. All right, that out of the way, here we go. Maybe over the holidays, you ran into an extended family member, friend, somebody you hadn't seen in a while, and they, they asked you the question, what's new with you? A few months ago, back in the fall, Jan and I tried something new. We were in, uh, we were in Colorado, uh, as we spent a lot of time there during retirement uh, with the schoolers, and uh, we decided to do something different we'd never done before. We went to the Cave of the Winds. Now, there are, there are caves to explore. And there are attractions, there are rides. Uh, we went on the zip line. And then Jenna asked me if I would ride with her on the ride called the Terror Dactyl. <laughs> Terror being the operative portion of the name of that ride. All right, we're going to show you a clip in just a minute. But before we do, let me set the stage. You, you walk out on this platform that's overhanging a canyon 200 feet below. You sit in this little two-seater, and they put this itty-bitty tiny uh, seat belt on you. The platform that you walked out on that your feet are now resting upon suddenly disappears. Your feet are dangling above the canyon floor. And then they tilt. So you are looking straight into the abyss. And without warning, they drop you on a free fall going 100 miles an hour. And just before you hit that canyon floor, it swings up where I thought I was going to hit the canyon walls. Pterodactyl. Now, I, now, Jason Meyer was gracious enough to take the video that Melanie took and then the one on the, the, the GoPro thing that they were taking of us and combine those. And I, I asked him, I said, please don't put any audio on it. for two reasons. <laughs> One is you're going to see Jana is just grinning from ear to ear. She's having the time of her life. I was screaming like a little girl. <laughs> I know that is politically incorrect, but I was screaming like a little girl. <laughs> Secondly, I wanted no audio because, uh, okay, I did not cuss, all right? I'm retired, but I'm not cussing yet. Uh, but the folks down on the platform with Jim and Melanie, they, they thought I said a bad word. And, and, and so I've got to be more careful uh, uh, of, the, of the words that I use. Uh, but, but I just got to tell you, Golly G. Dern did not express the terror <laughs> of the pterodactyl. You watch.
You see that foot hanging. That's because there's no platform underneath any longer. And here we go. never been so scared in all my life. Apparently did, Jason did bleep out a few things. Okay. That was a new experience never to be repeated again. But if you're posing the question, what's new with you? Let's try to formulate an answer based upon the truth of God's Word in Isaiah 43, verses 18 and 19. God says to His people, forget the former things. Do not dwell upon the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way. We'll focus on those seven words in the middle of that passage. See, I am doing a new thing. He begins with an imperative command. See, I am doing a new thing. The word see does not talk about a, a mere invitation or, or a mild request. No, it's a, a divine directive because it's imperative that we as God's people see, catch a vision, an understanding of, of what He is doing, what He wants us to do, what He wants us to be. He wants us to catch that because oftentimes beginning, we, beginning with me, do not. In Jeremiah, God said, hear this, you foolish and senseless people. You who have eyes but do not see, you have ears but do not hear. Jesus likewise spoke to his disciples, the closest followers, his friends, but on one occasion said, Do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes but still fail to see and ears but fail to hear? God repeatedly reminds us of this in Scripture because he wants us to be aware of and attentive to what he's saying who He is. He wants us to see. Helen Keller could not see nor hear after 19 months of age. And yet throughout her long life she had great impact upon our world. But she once said, the only thing worse than being blind is having sight but no vision. God wants you to catch a vision of who He is, what He's doing, what He wants you to be and do. In fact, it's one of the things that I pray for our pastors and staff, those that love and lead us. I pray five things consistently. You might want to join me in doing so. I pray that they will have a clarity of God's vision, that they would have strategies for implementation, they would have many successes to celebrate, encouragement of heart on days that are difficult, and their marriages and families would be strong. But the first thing that I begin that prayer for those that lead us is that they would have a clarity of God's vision for this place, for us as a people, for what He wants us to be and to do. We need to see 
And it's not just for pastors, it's for, for all of God's people. It's what Paul prayed for as he expressed it to the church in Ephesus. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and the incomparable great power for us who believe. I, I pray that you would have your eyes of your heart would be enlightened. I, I think God would have us to spiritually have the same experience as did physically the blind beggar in Mark, the eighth chapter. When it says Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes, and then his eyes were open, his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. God wants us to see clearly. As expressed in the psalmist, our prayer should be, open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law, in your book, this word. It echoes the words of the old hymn, open my eyes that I may see glimpses of truth thou hast for me. Open my eyes, illumine me, spirit divine. You see, the Holy Spirit is, is, is ready, willing to share with you insights and illumination spiritually that you might be able to, to see clearly throughout 2023. That's why we have this imperative command. But not only that, there's secondly, identity revealed. See, I am, God said. Because from the, both the Old and the New Testament, uh, from the early pages of recorded history to the last page in this book, God has revealed himself as the great I am. He did it initially with Moses there in, in Exodus 3 in the burning bush experience when he said, see, I, I am sending you to Pharaoh. You're going to lead my people out of Egypt, out of their centuries of slavery. And Moses didn't think he could do it. And Moses started making excuses. And God said, I will be with you. And Moses said, but, 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 but what if somebody asked me, who sent me? In whose authority? In whose name? And God said, Moses, I am who I am. And this is what you will tell them. I am has sent me. Jesus, God the Son, at one with God the Father. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Colossians 1, he says that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Jesus likewise took up the mantle of the name of the I am. He used it repeatedly. He said, I am the true vine. I am the bread of life. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the light of the world. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus said, I am. In fact, as this book closes, the very last chapter, Jesus says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the first and the last. I am the beginning and the end. I am the root and the offspring of David. I am the bright and morning star. I am. Now, when God revealed himself to Moses in that burning bush experience. At the time, Scripture says that, that Moses was on the far side of the desert tending stinking sheep, far from where he, God wanted him to be, far from where Moses had once been, far from where God was going to guide him to go. And this morning, you, you may be like Moses. You may feel very far from God. First of all, please be aware, be, be certain 
that he is closer to you than the person who sits next to you. And although maybe like, like I do on some occasions, you've wandered far from the will of God, and you're far from where you once were, and you're far from where he wants to guide you to go. Still, as in that burning bush experience, it was burning and yet it was not consumed. And if you're a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit dwells within you as a fire. And maybe that needs to be fanned into a burning flame this morning. But the fact is, still within you, there is this burning belief of what can yet be. That's why regardless of your circumstances, God comes to you this morning in the person of his Holy Spirit and says, I am the healer in your sickness. I am the hope in your sorrow. I am the help in your struggle. I am the haven in your storm. I am the one that saved you, sustains you, and satisfies your soul. I am the great I am. You see, see, I am has come. But not only is he present, he is also active. See, I am doing. Unlike me on many occasions that I, 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 I act before I think, I speak before I think, God does nothing haphazardly. Everything he does is intentional and good. Now, you and I both know that not all that happens is good, and not all that occurs is what God intends. It's because there's both the prescriptive and the permissive will of God. The prescriptive will of God is for our health, physical, spiritual, in every way. What's recorded in this book, he prescribes it on what we should be, what we should do. But there's also the permissive will of God of what he allows us to do. And many times in our wayward actions, many times in our sin, we do things that have consequences, negative impact upon our lives and the lives of those that, that we love. But even, even then, he is present. He is active. He is working because he says, see, I am doing. I'm nearing at least the rough draft of a project I've been working on the last two years entitled The Jobs of Jesus, 20 Ways He's Working on Your Behalf. He's always working. Even if you're on the far side of the desert, He's working. Jesus said to His disciples, My Father is always at His work to this very day, and I too am working. Always. That's why I love singing, and we're going to do so as we celebrate communion in a few moments. Waymaker, promise keeper, miracle maker, light in the darkness. My God, that's who you are. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Now, you're thinking, well, back in 22, I, I didn't see God work at all. You may not have sensed, you may not have felt what he was doing, but all the while he was perhaps tilling and cultivating the soul of your soul, the soil of your soul to bring about a great harvest in 2023. Because he's doing something. He's active. He's working. It's intentional on your behalf. See, I am doing what? A new thing. His mercies are anew every morning. He comes to refresh and restore you anew. He comes to guide you from the backside of the desert anew. It speaks of his promise and how he works. It's, his, it's both innovative 
and, and really infinite measures in which he, he has the ability to work on your behalf. Now, before he will do the new, you may need to get rid of and get past the past. In this passage, God says, forget the former things and do not dwell upon the past. It's similar to what Paul had to do as he wrote to the church at Philippi. He said, one thing I do, one, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on. One thing, Paul said, just one thing I'm going to do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on. Now, it may have been he had to put both the good and the bad behind him. The bad being, as he wrote elsewhere in Scripture, that he had once been a violent and blasphemous man, a persecutor of the church. He sought to snuff out Christianity in its infancy. That was the bad. Put it behind him. There's more things to do. It could have been the good. Paul, the greatest missionary, the greatest church planter the world has ever seen. People patting him on the back. Paul, you're doing a great job. That's fine, but put it behind me because I strain forward, pressing on to what God has called me to be and to do. You and I have got to do the same thing. Recent times in your life may have been the best you've ever known, and I'm so happy for you. But do not rest upon your past successes or laurels. Not even what God's done with you, for you, through you in the past. There's more to be and do. Or maybe your recent experience parallels me on the pterodactyl, <laughs> the most horrifying experience of your life. But again, we're reminded that we walk by faith, not in fear. Do not let past failures prevent you from venturing forth in faith. Because God is up to something new, in innovative, in immeasurable ways. Because He's at work in this place. He's at work among you as a people. For you see, in this place and among us as a congregation, innovation is highly valued here. In times past when I would lead New Members Orientation, I would try to help those that were becoming a part of the fellowship catch a glimpse of, of what this place and we as a people are about. And I would tell them that, you know, you may be coming from a church that doesn't have 20, 30, 40, 50 years of history. Rather, you're coming from a church that has one year of history that's been repeated 20, 30, 40, or 50 times. Because there's a whole lot of churches, like a whole lot of people, that just do the same thing over and over and over again. Never being open to the new that God wants to provide. But not there, not in this place. We do things, we do, we do new things, do, do try different things, and they won't all work. But the fear, or the, the, the possibility of failure, there's no fear, not in this place. The possibility of failure does not prevent us from taking steps out where we've never been before. That's because of the people we love, that love us and lead us. We would pray as we would seek people to come on the staff. In addition to the specific responsibilities that they had in that position, we looked for four things in every man and every woman that came. Every man and every woman that now lead. One, and there were the four eyes. They would be individual of intercession. Praying about everything before they do anything. Being led by the Spirit, the leadership of the Holy Spirit. An individual of intercession. Secondly, an individual of integrity because character counts. Third, an individual of influence that they love and lead people well. And fourthly, an individual of innovation. Not afraid to try different things. You see, we can't do church like we've always done it before. 
Church, hear this part. We cannot do church like we did it when I was pastor. This is a new day, a new season, a new year. God has new things that he wants to do. Amen. New. Just as he does, not only in our church, but in your marriage, in your family, in your life. A few pages later, Isaiah records what God said, that my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. Even as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. He has already thought of things you've not yet considered. He has been working in ways that you have, have not even imagined. Because innovative and really infinite are the possibilities of 2023 because infinite is the ability of God to act. And he is working in such a way that it may be something entirely new for you that you have, have never experienced before. So don't just do things the way they've always done. See clearly what God knew thing he wants to do. See, I am doing a new what? Thing. Really, Jeff? That's how you're going to end this? <laughs> thing? About as blah and bland and generic as you can get. Quite the contrary. Thing is nonspecific because God specifically wanted us as his people to understand how broad and expansive his promise is so that, and this is the final thing this morning, it is inclusive of all your needs. Back in Psalm 119, when the psalmist prayed, open my eyes that I may see the wonderful things in your law. Everything that you and I need to know about abundant life here and eternal life in the hereafter, it's contained in this book. But he said, the things, because it's inclusive of, of everything you and I need to know. It's inclusive of everything you and I need. You see, your needs are different than my needs. And the new thing he's going to do with you, through you, for you, this year is different than my new thing. Your new thing may be in the realm of the physical or the financial. It certainly will be in the realm of the spiritual. He may want to have you gain an understanding. Your thing is an understanding of, of your very purpose in life. It may involve a relocation. For some that hear my voice, either in this room or perhaps online, Maybe 2023 is the time that you will relocate to your eternal destiny. Amen. This is the, the year that you will go and you will abide eternally in either heaven or hell. So please, please be sure for Jesus to be building a place, preparing a place for you in glory. Be sure you have placed your confidence, your faith in the saving work of Jesus Christ on Calvary's cross, you receive that free gift of salvation that is offered and found through Jesus Christ and Christ alone. If you have any questions about that, we'll be glad to visit with you at the conclusion of this service. That is our greatest need. But there is no need he is not prepared to meet. In fact, Jesus said in the greatest sermon ever preached, he said, your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. There is no need, there is nothing beyond the ability for God to act. That's why, that's why Jesus came. It's what we've celebrated at the incarnation at Christmas. I hope it's been a richly blessed time for you and your family. For in that story, you recall how that in Luke 1, 
The angel comes to Mary and, and shares with her what, what God is doing. And the angel concluded that part of the conversation saying there's nothing impossible for God. Nothing is impossible with God. Do you believe that? I mean, no matter what your 22 has been like, do you believe walking into 23 that anything, everything is possible? Nothing's impossible with God. So believe that, and then believing that, have the same response as did Mary when she said, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. Mary, in essence, said, let's go. Now, somewhere in there she probably also said, I do not understand what you're talking about. How I'm going to have a baby and Joseph and I hadn't been together yet. I don't understand the details of what you've just described, but you know what? Let's go. Wherever he leads, I'll go. Whatever he says, I'll do. May that be yours and my response as we walk in, beginning on this first day of the year into 2023 and all that God has in store. So if you are posed with the question, what's new with you? Your response may be, you know, I don't know all the details, but I'm absolutely convinced that God is up to something new. Because he has given me this imperative command to see and identified himself, revealed his identity as the, as the great I am. He's intentionally working, doing on my behalf in, in, in ways that are innovative. They're infinite, in fact, the measure with which he loves me and is caring for me and guiding me because all that I need Everything he promises to be inclusive of his promise for my life. See, this is the promise of God. It's been my privilege over this last year under Kelly and Andre's leadership here at Norwood and under the leadership of Brandy and Nikki at the trails, the privilege of working with Melissa there and working with Laura and Corey here to be with our, our, our preschoolers and helping them understand the, the promise of God, the presence of God, the power of God. And I believe they may understand it better than I do. They understand that we have a God so big, so strong, and so mighty. There's nothing our God cannot do evidenced in this song. So mighty, there's nothing our God cannot do. God is so big, so strong, and so mighty, there's nothing our God cannot do. The mountains are His, the rivers are His, the stars in the sky work too. God is so big. So strong and so mighty, there's nothing our God cannot do for you. Yay! Our four and five-year-olds understand there is nothing our God cannot do, and He is doing it anew. So trust Him when He says. Claim the promise when He declares. See, I am doing a new thing for you. Amen? Amen. Let's pray.
Lord, 22 is a tough year for a lot of folks sitting in this room right now. But as your spirit dwells within each believer, that fire has not gone out. So kindle once more that you are the healer. You are our hope. You are our help. You are our haven. Kindle within us once more that there is nothing impossible for you, our God. Where truly you are so big, so strong, and so mighty. There's nothing, God, you can't do for each one in this room. And may we now, even with uncertainties, because this year will pose opportunities as well as obstacles, but whatever lay ahead, may we respond as did Mary. I am the servant of the Lord. May it be as you have said. Let's go. Do your work among us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.